Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. (laughs) And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode eight of the big show, some enforcer based podcasting, uh, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, here's another Sunday episode. So of course that means it's, we're opening the vault here, uh, for one, one of my old player interviews. And this one is uh big Steve McIntyre. Uh, Steve was a great guest. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him. And, uh, like I said, with all my player interviews, we, you know, we start right from the beginning and discuss junior and go all the way up through pro. And, uh, like I said, he tells some great stories and I think you guys will really dig this interview if you haven't, uh, haven't heard before. Uh, but also, uh, hopefully everybody, you tuned in to my episode seven interview with, uh, Curtis Swanson and LNAH legend. Uh, Swanee was a great guest and told some great stories and the feedback's been really great on that. So, uh, I appreciate everybody, uh, taking the time to listen. Um, I said on the hockey podcast network, you got lots of, lots of different shows. You got Terry Ryan's show and, uh, Brady Leibold's show, the hockey, uh, hockey to heroin, uh, show, as well as all the NHL teams are represented. Um, big shout out to the hockey troll of the Washington Capitals show, uh, for getting a hold of me. And, uh, we were discussing merchandising and he took, and I know it was late, it was late, uh, one night and I appreciate him taking the time to, uh, to, to, to explain things to, uh, to myself and, uh, cause it's all new to me and, uh, no, I appreciate that. And, uh, and we will, uh, hopefully have some merchandise here coming, coming at you guys soon. Uh, I know it's been asked a few times already. So, uh, for those that have been asking, it's getting worked on, it's getting worked on, trust me. But, uh, other than that, um, on, you know, the show appears on all the major platforms. If, uh, you could rate and review my show, um, I'd really appreciate it. It helps me out. 
Also, go to YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,000 fight videos on there. And uh, I've just, I've actually uploaded a whole bunch of new stuff. So, uh, as I said, I'm getting a bunch of new fight DVDs in. It seems almost weekly here right now. And uh, um, so I've been, I've been trying to uh, throw out some new stuff. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys, uh, check that out. But, uh, yeah, I won't talk too long today. Like I said, it's, uh, we're opening the vault here. So, it, uh, without further ado, I will give you, uh, Steve McIntyre. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right. Here we are on the Fourth Line Voice podcast and, uh, talking to, uh, uh, legendary enforcer and, uh, fellow SAS boy who's down in, uh, down in the states right now, but uh, none other than Big Big Mac, Steve McIntyre. Steve, how you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I don't know about legendary. I'm I'm just a normal guy. Well, I know. <laughs> hey, you won. Hey, you won my minor league mayhem tournament. That makes you a legend on Twitter, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. I appreciate it. Um, well, yeah. So, like we were just saying. Uh, I guess we'll just kind of, like I said, with, with these interviews, I like to kind of just timeline a guy's career. We'll kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll begin, we'll, we'll start at the, uh, at the beginning. Um, well, when I first met you as a youngster, uh, with the, uh, AAA midget, uh, SAS2 contacts. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we were just discussing that was a long time ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at that time, but, uh, you know, you're just the, the big kid from Brock and, uh, you know, and you were uh, you were picked up with the Saskatoon Blades, and I was uh, I can remember being at your at your Blades camp, your first camp. Uh, how was that for an experience? And uh, with Brad McCrimmon as the coach, and uh, and all that. Go. What was your mindset going into that first camp? Uh, actually, the first camp I was ever at was actually uh, Donnie Clark was that coach. Okay. He was, uh, uh, he was. I mean, obviously, I'm going in there. You know, he grew up rooting for Saskatoon Blades or the Swift Current Broncos or, you know, there's so many actual, like, such good organizations in Saskatchewan. But, you know, m- the most memorable is, like I said, I always listen to Country 600, CJWW. Yep. I mean, they always had Les Lazaruk and Voice of the Blades on all the time. And so we'd be listening to that while we were either harvesting or, you know, doing whatever. And so, I mean, I hear guys like the name – Wade Belock and Chris McAllister and, you know, Mark DL and Frank Bannum and all those guys. And then uh, Clark Wilms, another one. Yep. And then, uh, you know, going into camp with those kind of guys, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's uh, Martin Sonnenberg's another guy. I mean, it, it was, I was a young guy, like I said, I was all eyeballs and you know what. Yep. But, uh, it was a lot of fun, and, and uh, definitely a, it was a new experience, and especially coming from where I came from, where, shoot, you know, they never really – I was just playing hockey because that was the thing to do. Yeah, like you didn't go in the Bantam draft, did you? No, I I didn't even know what the Bantam draft was. Yeah. So I was just playing hockey in small town Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're, um, well, your first year there, uh, you know, your first full year, 98, 99, you come in, then that's when Brad was coaching. Um, yep. did, was it sort of expressed to you early on that the role that you were needed to take, or did you figure that out on your own? Uh, and did you get ready for it? You know what? To be perfectly honest with you, 
I was a late bloomer. Uh, I, I didn't understand the role, and I didn't. I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't really understand it. And uh, you know, it was just another tool in the toolbox. I thought at that time, and and uh, it's like, man, I was big and strong, and I could you know do this or do that. And if I had a little bit of edge to my game, you know, to my uh, parents, uh, not really liking that, but. <clears throat> You know, you, you got to do what you got to do. And at that point, I was, I mean, I, heck, I love to fight. I mean, when I was, when, when, you know, you don't know any different. You don't know you can really get hurt. You don't really know, you know, but if, you know, guys are mucking and grinding in the corners and, uh, or, you know, somebody goes after your teammate or does something dumb, you went and took care of business. And that was just the way it was. That's the way, I mean, it didn't matter what it was. That was, that was the way, the way the game was back then and yep. and uh i enjoyed it uh you know i didn't necessarily enjoy all the fights but at the same time or the the game within the game yeah i didn't enjoy because i didn't understand it and uh well, you know well, well, i the later part of my career i really didn't you know accept it and then once i kind of did accept it uh you know i kind of grew and uh into that role and it gave me a, provided me an opportunity to go a little farther than uh, a lot farther actually than I would have ever thought, and, and a lot of people would have ever thought of. So it was a it was a vehicle, and, and uh, you know to to make the next level. And like I said, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because yeah, as, a, as obviously from knowing you when you were in midget, obviously I followed your career uh, the whole way through, and uh, yeah, we're gonna. I have a few questions about kind of accepting the role or when you start feeling comfortable in it. But uh, before I get to that, um, yeah. yeah, that first year, I mean, you guys, you know, you had a tough team. I mean, it was you. Yeah, obviously, Darcy Hordachuk was there, Ryan Bonney. Uh, Brent Henley was there for a while. Actually, when I looked that up yesterday, I forgot Brent Henley was on the team. And uh, Derek Halderson, there's another guy, underrated yeah. toughness, Derek Halderson. And, uh, yeah, well, and you're, you're – <coughs> Pardon me. Your first fight in the Western Hockey League, uh, you, you you didn't just stick a toe in. You you went right into the deep end. Was against uh, Jeremy Yablonski. Yeah, that was a good one. Yes, it was a good one. Um, and obviously, you guys would have uh, future run-ins. But uh, you know, between uh, Yabo and then you had Les Borsheim and Eric Goddard and Kyle Friedrich and Josh Mazer. I mean, you uh, you certainly didn't. Uh, you certainly went in swinging, anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people know me. I don't really. I don't put a toe in. I usually jump in yeah. head first. And, uh, <clears throat> those are all like super tough guys. I know uh, Les Borsheim taught me a pretty good lesson of not wearing a bigger jersey because he he was a lot. Uh, he was a lot tougher, a lot more skilled than I was as far as the fight game goes. But that was the one. Him and uh, uh, was a Jordan Fladell. There's a couple of them that I remember quite well because I didn't do very good. And, and Les Borsheim was one of them. Uh, I want to say Jordan Fladell was another one. And uh, uh, who else? Beat the uh, Jim Vandermeer beat the wheels off me. And uh, <clears throat> I, I waited a long time. Kind of to to write that wrong, and it was kind of funny. The a couple of years later, we ended up being teammates again. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it took, it took a while, but I know you got him back. 
Um, that's funny you say Jordan Fladell. I had I've had uh, Josh Mazer on this show, and yeah. and he said the same thing. But Jordan Fladell caught him one night, and he said he didn't know if up was down or down was up, and yeah, he said he hit real hard. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you one thing, Jordan Fladell, Les Borsheim, uh, and Matt Summerfield were probably the toughest guys that I fought in junior. Like, I mean. They were tough. I mean, you obviously had your Goddards and your, you know, your Pete's and your whatever, but those guys were sleepers. And Vandermeers, yep. actually. Like I said, all in Vandermeers are all tough as nails. Yep. But, I mean, pound for pound, I'll be honest with you, pound for pound, Matt Sommerfeld's right up there. He was tough. I was going to say, I think you're reading my notes. I actually have his name. That was I was going to say the second year you fight him, and I was going to have spe- yeah, okay. I was going to specifically ask you about him because I was always a huge Summerfeld fan. And man, when you roll into Swift Current at that time, and you got him there and Colt Moore, that's a long night. Yeah. It was, and the fun thing about well, I'm trying to think. Um, well, yeah, Dean Sardacni there too. Yeah, Dean Sardacni. He was tough. he was no joke either. Nope. I mean, they're all. The thing about back in the Western League days is everybody had guys that could play and guys that were tough and, you know, guys that would throw them. And, I mean, it didn't matter. First line, second line, third line. Hell, I've seen uh, – what did I see? Was it Frank Bannon and Mark Dale getting – I mean, them freaking guys could absolutely fire them. And I'm like, these guys are goal scorers. Yeah. And these are first line guys. And this is when I was, you know, first trying out with the Blades. I mean, I was like, man, this is awesome. Everybody fights, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, that's the way it was. Now it's like, you know, there are a bunch of prima donnas out there. But I didn't say that. Well, we're, we're, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, well, I was going to – I'll ask you this now. In terms of um, – in terms of fighting, when it when it was because uh, I'm looking at your card, obviously you fought like at that time. I mean, you're you know what six five six six. I mean, you had Kyle yeah. Friedrich and uh, Scheffelmeyer and uh, you know and guys like that that were you know eye to eye with you. Did you have a? Did you prefer fighting bigger guys or smaller guys? I mean, I guess almost everybody was smaller, but I mean, you know what I mean. Did you pre- did you prefer any different any? I mean- it, honestly, it didn't. I mean, hell, I, I, I mean, fighting guys like uh, Kyle Fredericks and Schumpelmeyer, they got two inches on me. So it's obviously a little different fight, uh, or it was. And uh, you know, Derek Bugard was the same way. Yeah. I mean, those guys. I was. I thought I was a big guy, but those guys are. They're monsters. Like, <laughs> and I mean, Kyle Fredericks looks like. I mean, he looks like a. Man, we used to get on him, and I mean, he would. This man was, I mean, he's a big, big man, and I mean, when he got angry, it was like, oh crap! Like it was just, it was. We got into a, was it a line bro? I forget what happened, but I remember him the very first time I ever fought him. He bent me. I was falling down. He bent me over backwards, and I'm still throwing. And, I mean, I'm trying to get – because I knew he was tough because he fought uh, Ryan Henderson the year before and gave him a pretty good concussion. And Ryan's from Rosetown, so I was like, you know what, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to get him back. And uh, sure enough, you know, I thought I was doing good, but he literally bent he – was, he was so strong. He just – he bent me over backwards. And, I mean, I'm still trying to fight my way, you know, and, and not go down. And 
but I mean, that guy was, he was freakishly strong. I mean, the guy, the man was, I mean, he, he was a man amongst boys. Yeah. But, uh, and even, you know, when he played in the NHL, it's funny, uh, him and I actually had this same skills coach that helped us get to the NHL. And, uh, we'd, we'd share stories of, of, of you know, it was a lot of, it was interesting. Come to find out he's, he's a really nice man. I've never had the chance to meet him yet, but, uh, you know, just been passing, but, uh, yeah, I, I remember a couple of times I fought him. It was like, good God, I was grabbing onto a freaking, you know, <laughs> yeah. oak tree. Yeah. Well, at this time also, um, you know, obviously later on you'd fight him a few times and you had an infamous run in with him in the NHL, but Eric Goddard, who was out in Lethbridge at the time, um, yeah. and there's another guy I got to watch quite a bit and I mean, and he put the beats to more than a few guys. Um, at that time, what was it like fighting Goddard and junior? Was it, um, was he, were you, did he kind of get your attention? You know what? Every time I, every time we played Lethbridge, I think we, him and I fought every time. Yep. You know I mean, it, from what I remember, uh, it was either him and me. I mean, we were very, <laughs> we'd stand in there and throw. And it might not have been the greatest idea because we could both fire pretty hard. But, uh, you know, there's a time when he just about went down. There was a time I went, I, I did go down when I was in Pittsburgh because he broke my herbal ball. And that's how many hit, I mean, hit, how hard he hit me. Yep. But, uh, you know, Every time we'd we'd fight, you know, <laughs> it was it was a it was a war, but uh, he was tough. Yep, he could take a punch, and I, I mean, he he was six foot four, weighed two fifteen maybe. I mean, he's not a big guy, like you know, weight wise. But I mean, he had freak freakishly long arms, and I mean, he he had fast hands, and I mean, he did bam bam bam. He hit me three times before I really even knew what was going on. Hit me three hard times the last time I fought him. Yeah. Ended up, uh, you know, breaking my orbital bone in four different places. So that definitely got my attention. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, you play, uh, well, you play 55 games there the first year in Saskatoon. But then, uh, the following year, uh, you end up, you, you're traded to Red Deer. Um, and Brent Sutter. Were you, were you happy with the move? Did you ask for the move, or did it sort of surprise you? Uh, it surprised me. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't happy with the move. Uh, you know, it was Brent's first year uh, back from the NHL, and and uh, Brent's a very his way or no way. Yep. And uh, I didn't understand. And, and, and it's funny, you know, we talk about, the role and, and accepting the role and, and different different things. And when I was with Brent with Red Deer, I'm, I mean, I hated life. I, I, I hated. I, I mean, just you know, it was a shock. It was the first time I ever been traded. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm my coach is yelling at me and, and, and different things. I'm not understanding what's going on. And but then, you know, it it was. It was the way, uh, nothing against Brent. Brent was trying to put a team together to win. And at the time, I didn't, I, I wouldn't, I mean, Brent was on, uh, Brent Sutter was on fire. I mean, I was, at that time, I couldn't care less. But, you know, now looking back, he was trying to teach me how to, 
to, you know, to do what I needed to do to get me to the next level. And at that time, I didn't know how. I, I, I didn't really understand. Uh, you know, I, 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 I kind of thought that it was, everything was against me. And, uh, you know, he was benching me or doing this, just kind of. But at the same time, looking from the other side, he was trying to figure out, okay, is this guy got it? Has he, you know, has he got what it takes? And he taught me. Uh, you know, I went in there, and the one thing about Brent, I had a meeting with him, and uh, he kind of called me out, and he said, you know what, because I was at that point where I wanted to quit, and, uh, you know, Brent was like, you know what, he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, you know what, he said, Macker, he said, I know you've heard this before, he said, but you quit on me now, he said, you'll quit for the rest of your life, and I never forgot that, and never have I ever forgot that, and at the time... You know, I was pretty hot under the collar. I didn't want to have much to do with him or, you know, anything to do with Red Deer. But, you know, looking back, that was that was almost a, that was a maturing uh, for me. Maybe not at that point, but later on in my career, I looked back and I said, you know what? He might have been a hard-ass, but there was a reason why he was a hard-ass. He wanted to get everything he could out of me. And, uh, you know, the experience, you know, you knock it up notch it up with experience uh you know but at the same time you go back and say you know that 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 was an opportunity for me to uh you know take that and and run with it or or not and at that point in my time i thought wow you know i know more than he does blah 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 blah. you know i'm just gonna do my own thing well you know i ended up getting traded to prince albert which was kind of a breath of fresh air with uh, Kevin McClellan. So, well, that was but looking back. You know, I had an opportunity. Uh, he was coaching for Calgary, and uh, I was in Abbotsford. Pardon me, I was in uh, Rochester, and we were playing Abbotsford. And you know, I, I kind of, I was still pretty hot under the collar. I still wanted to say something to him because I was pissed off, and. Uh, I went right up to him and I said, Brent, can I talk to you outside? And Brent being Brent, he kind of took it like, I was, you know, we were going outside. We were going to go roll around in the parking lot. Well, he was up on the, on the sidewalk and I was on the street level and I was looking at him eye to eye. And I said, you know what, Brent? I said, I was wrong. I said, uh, you know, I didn't understand what you were trying to teach me. He said, but I appreciate, you know, what you're, what you taught me. And, uh, or no, what you were trying to teach me back then, I'm understanding it, what you wanted now, and I appreciate it. So, And then he's like, oh, God, he said, thank God. He said, I thought we were going to go out here and roll around in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, you know, that was a, that was a good thing. Well, that's good. They, um, well, and then, hey, well, you just brought it up. Yeah, so you got, uh, you got traded to Prince Albert and uh, Kevin McClellan. Who, of course, everybody listening out there, you know, uh, legendary enforcer. Um, as well, he can play, he's a hell of a player, too. Um, when you were there, now, did he, having played the role himself, did he help you at all with it? Did you start getting a better understanding of it? Or was it still, you're still kind of clueless? No, I mean, I still was pretty clueless, but, you know, I, I didn't understand. Like, at that time, you know, everybody had tough guys. So it was like, you go down the list, it's like, all right, I'm fighting that guy. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of did. But you didn't understand why. 
Yeah. Or, you know, the momentum shifts or, you know, get your guys up or this or that. or You know, everybody knew if somebody did something to your teammates, everybody jumped in and we stuck up for each other. But they didn't understand, and I especially didn't understand the other side of it. Because, I mean, I was never ever – I was always a rough and tumble. You know, I played hard and played – you know, I tried to play the right way and, 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 and uh, do the best I could. And, fortunately, I didn't really have the skill set. But – you know, so I added that to my toolbox, and but I didn't understand why. I just, I just kind of, and I mean, you go back and look through the fights. You know, I was just fighting. I was just a big, strong kid, and I didn't really ever do anything. I didn't really ever beat anybody. I didn't really ever really do anything, but I just tried to go out there and do the best I could, and uh, and not really understanding why, and. Uh, you know, with uh, with Kevin, you know, he he kind of, he helped me a lot. He always communicated to me, say, hey, Macker, you know, he never ever sent nobody ever sent me out to fight, uh, with the exception of one guy. And you know, I told him what I thought of him in the coach's room, but you know that that's here nor there. But uh, you know, Mac, uh, he'd always talk to me. He'd always be like, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do here. Don't get discouraged. Keep up. You know, keep making sure you're, you're upbeat. And, I mean, I respected that for Mac. Uh, uh, you know, he was uh, – I mean, he's probably one of the funniest guys I've ever listened to talk or give pregame speeches to or – I mean, but now there was his other side to him too. And uh, you didn't want to – like I said, it's just like any other coach. If you played hard and, and you lost, that's different. But if you went out there and, you know, shit the bed – uh, you're going to get your ass handed to you. And, you know, it might be pretty subtle or it might be blatant, but you're going to either, you're going to work one way or the other. And uh, that was the thing with with uh, McClellan is, is we had such a skilled team. We had a good team. Yep. And with, uh, you Wait. know, you go down the list and we had a good, good team. Yeah, well, for anybody yeah, we had list- a lot of fun together. Yeah, well, for anybody listening, I mean, it's Scotty Hartnell and Milan Kraft and Garrett Prasovsky. And then in terms of toughness, I mean, you had yourself, Riley Cote, Grant McNeil, Jordan Clark, uh, underrated Regan Darby. I mean, it was, um, yeah, I mean, you guys, uh, you weren't any pushovers, that's for sure. No, and that, that was a fun thing. And the funny thing about it is Riley Cote wasn't, like, he wasn't known for, no. for being a tough guy. But I mean, he's one of the tougher guys in the NHL when I played, and uh, it was like, golly, you know. And I mean, Graham McNeil, he Oof. just he just got tough. I yep. mean, he absolutely clobbered guys. If he ever caught you with that right hand, you, you're dead. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and I mean, Jordan Fladell, he was just or uh, uh, Clark, Jordan uh, Clark. He uh, he was just he was just a scrapper. He I mean, he just loved scrap. And uh, he enjoyed it, and uh, it was it was fun playing with those guys because everybody had each other's back. I mean, we always ribbed each other, and you know, like I said, we had our own little internal battles with it, just like any other team. But you know, for the most part, we had a lot of fun, and we had a good bunch of guys and good coaches, and and uh, you know, good players really. Martin Civic was another one. Yep. Well, let's bring me back. So. Now, I can remember, you're in Prince Albert, and, uh, of course, again, always following your career. To me, you look really comfortable in Prince Albert. 
in my opinion, in like from just going from what I've seen you in junior up to this point, you yeah. seemed really comfortable in Prince Albert. Like you were getting like McClellan was using you a little more. This is just my opinion. This is what I was saying. But when you guys came back to Saskatoon or that year anyway, maybe I'm wrong, but I'll ask you: Did you kind of have something personal with Hortichuk? Me and Darcy Hortichuk. Uh, I forget how many times we fought in training camp. We fought a lot. Yeah, I was there. And, uh, I know. <laughs> I think I broke some of his teeth. And I mean, we fought every training camp. We fought. I can't remember how many times we fought in training camp, but we fought a lot. About one year. But you know. Like, did I, I was going to ask you, like, you know, we'll just say it here. Like, did you kind of view, they picked him over you in Saskatoon? Is that how you kind of, did you kind of take that personally, maybe? And kind of yeah, wanted, like, to show you guys picked the wrong guy? Because it seemed like you were after him every time you came back. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I, I've been, you know, not throwing anybody under the bus. And I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, uh, Brad McCrimmon and, and uh, Chevy had a training regime or whatever they had this summer, and I didn't follow it to a T, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I had this, this, and this going on, and I had a lot of things that were kind of pressing, and, you know, if I could work out great, if I couldn't, it wasn't a huge thing. I'd just work harder on the farm, and... Uh, you know, when it came time to fill out the papers and do things like that, uh, you know, my, my paper was incomplete. And, uh, you know, they didn't really look too kindly on that. And I'm, I'm and I was my own fault. And I'll admit to that. But, uh, you know, I was, I was, uh, like I said, you know, that was my take on it. So I made sure that it's like, you know what? If this training thing is so good or this is so great, then, you know what, let the best man win. And, and I'd like to think that, you know, Darcy's probably one of the toughest guys, you know, to lace up skates as far as pound for pound. Like, I mean, the guy's a friggin' warrior. Nothing taken away from him. But I think it was more of a an exclamation point to the, the organization saying, hey, you know what, you made the wrong choice. I like Saskatoon. I wanted to be a blade, finish out a blade, but it was more of the the journey, I guess, that I took coming back to Saskatoon, maybe. Yep. And, uh, you know, just being up the road from Prince Albert, I mean, there are a bunch of blue-collar guys that, you know, I love Prince Albert. I love my billets. I had probably the greatest billets in the world. And uh, they were uh, Kevin Kellett's uh, parents, and, I mean, they were great. I loved them. I mean, I, I still try to talk to them. Uh, you know, every now and then, but, uh, they were so good to me. They were so gracious to me. Uh, and, and I got to follow Kevin's uh, career down in the East Coast Hockey League and different things. And we got to go and ride along with, uh, with her other son that, uh, he's a Prince Albert cop. And, and, uh, I just had a lot of fun there. We had a, it was a, it was a town that was, it was, they were very tight knit and they came out and supported us and, uh, you know, it just was a great organization at that time, and you know we had uh, we had good people, and, and it was a lot of fun. Yep. Well, so the the following year, twenty years old, you're kind of coming in, 
And I mean, it's sort of like every every tough guy when they're twenty kind of uh, you know sees the writing on the wall, and so to speak, in junior. Um, you're in Medicine Hat. Um, at Medicine Hat, yeah. I mean, they again, you know, tough dude. Ryan Olenek, chefs there. Brad Voth, um, yourself. Did did you just sort of become the odd man out? Well, what happened was, so they had Vernon Fiddler there, Jeremy Gitzinger, myself, and uh, Brad Voth was coming back from St. Louis. Yep. So I was the odd man out because you know, obviously, with Gitzinger and uh, Fiddler, you know, being you know, better players. Yeah. Uh, and then Voth coming in from Blues Camp, I was like, you know, I came in, they traded, Donnie Clark traded for me, imagine that, or traded me away. Me and Donnie didn't really see eye to eye. But uh, but anyway, that's here nor there. But he traded me back to Prince, or uh, out to uh, Medicine Hat. And, I uh, mean, I'll tell you what, I love Medicine Hat. I mean, it's cowboy country. Yeah, uh, worked at the dockyards, you know, uh, helping out up there where my dad sold his calves. I mean, I went from practice to working out the dockyards, hanging out with my buddies, you know, <clears throat> my cowboy buddies, and had a blast. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think I, I forget how many games I played, but I had a goal assist and a fight, and, uh, and then I got ended up getting suspended, and, and uh, to this day, my mom says still says it's a clean hit. My mom's like my biggest, you know, she's like, you know, you can't be playing so dirty. You can't be doing that. She's like, I was sitting right there. It was a clean hit. So. Oh, I've had, we're going to get it. Started. We're going to get into it. I've had, I've had to negotiate yeah. with your mom. I know your mom's tough. Oh yeah. Well, we'll get into this in a sec. I'll tell you that in a second. It has something to do with Bay County, with uh, Bay County Blizzard. But, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you're oh, and for anybody out there, your your one fight in Medicine Hat was against Derek Parker when you yep. were a, when you were a Tiger. Yep, that's right. Yep, um, in Medicine Hat. Yep, yep. That was a good one. Tough dude. Good for him. T- well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tough kid. Um, but um, well, and then as a twenty year old. You're off to the Manitoba Junior League in o- with the famed at that point the OCN Blizzard. Oh yeah, Cash uh, had fun out there. That was probably one of my most memorable years uh, playing hockey out there. I mean, it changed my it changed my outlook on a lot of things, and I absolutely my hats off to the native people. Um, they are the most uh, proud, gracious people. Uh, I had such a great experience out there with them uh, at the, in the on the reserve there, and, and got to meet some really good people. They invited me out to go fishing, go hunt, do whatever, go snowmobiling, whatever. I mean, it was it was a blast. As a twenty year old, you couldn't ask to be in a better place. I don't think. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I I could live in a cardboard box and I'd still be happy. I don't matter. You, you make the most out of it. You know, good or bad, and uh, like I said, man, we had fun. We had everything that we needed. They were so good to us, and, and uh, like I said, it was it was a good experience. Yes, and it was at a Native Reserve just outside of the Paw in Manitoba yeah. for people listening. And I know, and I know you're an avid hunter, like an outdoorsman. So yeah, like you said, that had to be like Shangri La to you. Yeah. Ah, great. Like yeah. I said, you, you texted me today, and I was out. Uh, my buddy and I were fishing. We we're bass fishing today, so that was kind of cool. But uh, <laughs> when you texted me, say. Hey, 
can I call you today? I was like, absolutely, call me whenever. You know, I was sitting there, you know, catching catching largemouth bass. So it was, you know, I, I love it. Enjoy well, it. Well, you guys had a heck of a team. And uh, you made it all the way to the finals. Unfortunately, you lost. I believe to Weyburn. I believe you lost to. Um, yeah, we. Yeah, the Annabet Cup. We yeah. lost uh, to Weyburn, and uh, but, still uh, gets a little. I get a little salty about that still. <laughs> <laughs> well, and your coach. Speaking of uh, legendary Saskatoon Blade tough guys, uh, was Kerry Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how was how was playing yeah. for Sharky? That had to be interesting. Yeah, you know what? It was a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, he's such a such a cool guy. Um, you know, we had our disagreements, but uh, all in all, he was trying to do the best for the team. But as a whole, you couldn't ask for a better guy. At that point, you know, if we needed something or something, he was there trying to help us out the best way he could. And and for that, you know, uh, to win a championship doesn't matter. Good, bad, indifferent, however, any arguments or scraps or whatever you had. Hell, I had one of the best scraps I ever had with one of my teammates on the, on the blizzard, Brian Braun. He's five foot eight, 250 pounds. Him and I, you know, I'm, we're, we're both like, as a whole, hockey players are, I kind of like to think as a man, we're men's, like, back then anyway. If you had a disagreement, you settled it and the way you go. And nobody had, Nobody was butthurt, and you know, Bronny. I was having a bad day, and, and Bronny was uh, he was laughing and shooting pucks at me. I'm like, "Come here, you little sawed off little." And we, I'm, I'm telling you what, we got at it. We got at it at center ice, and I mean, everybody, you know, they come flying out of the dressing room, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, they're they are cracking each other." I mean, there's a lot of thunk 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 crack. I mean. <laughs> Might not have been the smartest thing to do, but, I mean, we settled it. And, I mean, him and I were best friends after that. We went skidooing. I mean, you know, ice fishing together. We, Like I said, we had a great bunch. We had we had a lot of fun. But, I mean, that's a lot of the time. A lot of times people that have never played on sports teams or they don't understand that, sometimes, that we're a family and sometimes you have butt heads and sometimes you just have to knock the piss at each other. Yep. And, uh, you know, and that, but I mean, to win a championship with those guys and, and to be so close, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Well, and a couple names I want to bring up, um, uh, if you have any memories of them, um, were two of your teammates there in OCN, unfortunately both have passed, but, uh, was the late, uh, Terrence Tutu and, uh, Darcy Johnson. Yeah. Tutu, man, I'll tell you what, that guy's a freaking warrior. Like his brother Jordan's tough, but Karen, like I said, Toots was he was all there. Yep. And uh he's a wild man. Like I said, he's just he he when he played hockey, I mean it was just like, dude, you didn't know what was gonna happen. Yep. I mean it was just like you call you call Jordan bowling ball with eyes, well I mean like Toots like Terrence was a freaking wrecking ball with eyes. I mean he just I seen him do I mean I mean, just even thinking about it right now, I'm like, he had steamrolled, I don't know how many guys. I mean, and beat the tar out of however many guys. I mean, we we had a tough team that year, too. Well, yeah, well, between and, you and, and him and Braun. Play, and, too, he could play. Golly, he could play the game and fight and yep. whatever he needed. Ronnie was the same way. He couldn't really skate that great, but, I mean, he had hands. And 
you know, he could shoot the puck 100 mile an hour or better. Tough as nails. I mean, it was just, we went into Barnes and, 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 and realistically, like, I mean, I, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? We're not only going to beat you on the scoreboard, we're going to kick the shit out of you if you want to fight. So, if, you know, pick your poison. I mean, it's just kind of one of them things. What do you want to do today? Do you want to play the game? Or do you yep. want to brawl? Do you want to fight? Do you want to be, you know, play a physical game or try to play a physical game? I mean, we could, we could play it all. We could do it all. I mean, I had a team in Providence. We were the same way. Like, what yep. kind of game do you want to play? You want to play physical? You want to play pond hockey? You want to play, you know, you want to fell in the penalty box? What do you want to do? I mean, it was just it, when you have a team like that, you go in the in, in, in the opponent's buildings with swagger, and yep. it's just like you know, it, it, it's it's the most incredible feeling. And there's two teams, and that was one of them. And the other one was Providence, was was OCN and Providence. But then again, though, you know, we might have got a little big for our britches when we went to play the you know the SJ boys in, in Saskatchewan, and we got our tails handed to us. And I, we got our tails handed to us by a better team. They they were they were a better team. So, but, uh, but yeah, it was, man, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it when I was playing up in, in OCN and I, I loved it up there. Well, so that sort of, that wraps up your junior career at this point. Had you had any content, like you hadn't been to any pro camps. Was, was anyone talking to you or were you, Nobody. Even, were you was, even, or were you even pursuing it? I wasn't even on my radar. I was going to school, uh, I was planning on going to the university and, and uh, you know, being a teacher or I was thinking about going to the RCMP or I was actually thinking about going and being a firefighter or, you know, and all of that, take over the family farm. And, you know, I always wanted to be a rancher. My dad, my mom, they, we raise, uh, or they raise uh, black Angus cows and, and uh, grain. And that was just kind of the thing to do. So I didn't really, at that point, I was like, you know what, I'm probably not ever going to make it anywhere. So, you know what, I'm just going to play and have fun and, and finish my junior career out and then, you know, do what everybody else does. Just kind of, uh, well, you know, go to school and, and, and go from there. I had four years of university. They gave me an extra year because um, I played three years in the dub and they gave me an extra year. So I had four years to go get my degree. So that's kind of the way I was going to do it. Looking back, I kind of wish I would have done it that way. But you know what, I might not have had the opportunities I have now. So or Or I did, I should say. Yeah, well, and uh, <clears throat> well, this is where the story kind of gets gets interesting. With my part, with and you didn't know this, um, but at the time, um, my friend uh, who would end up being your coach, Kurt Walston, uh, started uh, coach. He took over as coach in uh, in a brand new league in, the, in the, I believe it was the Continental Elite Junior League or something, and he was in Bay County. Yeah. And the yep. one of the niches of this league was you could have, I believe, two twenty-one year olds. Yep. So he got a hold of me, and we were talking in the summer, and he said, I want to have the toughest team in the league, and I want the baddest dude. Do you know anybody? So I'm thinking about it, and I'm, I talked to my brother, who played with you in AAA and knew you, and uh, yep. Ryan threw your name out. He goes, well, what about McIntyre? So I, yep. said, I said to Kurt, I said, well, there's a Steve McIntyre, and again, folks, no like YouTube or, and like Kurt didn't know who you were. Right, because there wasn't like mm-hmm. there's footage all over the place or anything like there is now. Yeah. Yep. So he asked me, and I said, "Oh, believe me, it'll take one game, and everybody will realize who the kingpin of that league is." I can tell you that. So we dug up your <laughs> phone number, and I phoned and talked to your mom, who was not buying it for a second. 
So I passed the phone off to Kurt, and uh, I said, well, you deal with it. And uh, Kurt eventually, obviously, talked you into coming down to Bay to Bay County. And uh, the, re- the rest is history. But uh, what, what, what are your memories from Bay County? Well, first of all, i got to thank you guys for that call, because if it wouldn't have been for that call, I wouldn't have probably been where I am right now. Wow. Uh, you really think about it, so I appreciate that. Hey, no problem. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I hey, I, I'm not going to say I've kind of said that on a few other shows, but I I was going to say I got I got I should have talked to Steve back in his NHL days, maybe asked for a percentage. I don't know, but uh, you should have. <laughs> that was that was all. At least Kurt. I could have bought, bought you dinner. <laughs> that was uh, that was all Kurt, um, and I know he was really happy to have you down there, and, and he's your he he loved you. He was a big fan, and uh, you did great down there. Point of game, and I know he played you all the time. And uh, what, what were you, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. What what were your thoughts on Bay County? I loved it. Um, when I first got there, I was a little like, "What the heck am I doing here? This is not. Yeah. I don't know about this." But. Uh, we kind of got some things ironed out. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there are some, there's some kind of shady dealings going on, but, you know, we worked it out. And like I said, I jumped on a, on a, uh, I jumped on a, uh, a train. Mom and dad dropped me off on a train in Malta, Montana. Uh, it was 24 hours to Battle Creek, Michigan, and then jump on the bus. And I think it was like, uh, Maybe three or four hours to to uh, Flint, and then I got picked up by a guy that I had no idea who he was, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know stayed at his his house or his grandma's house or whoever, and uh, met with the team the next day, and and then uh, you know it was it was definitely different. Um, it was like a whole other world uh, living down in the states. And, yep. uh, it, it was, it was different. That's for sure. Yeah. But and it was an experience of, you know, it gave me an opportunity. I didn't really, uh, I didn't last a whole lot. I got too many suspensions and I didn't really like the way I played. And oh. I didn't really like, uh, I, I didn't really, it was a different way of playing. Oh, believe, believe me, I heard all about it. Kurt fought with the league all the time trying to save you guys. They always wanted to suspend you or someone else because, like you said, I think you said the commissioner's kid played on one of the the rival team, and they were all oh, yeah. they were all scared of you, and they were doing everything they could to get you out of there. But um, so, of course, halfway through the year, I think you went into the bench or something. I don't know. I had the video somewhere, and uh, so that was all they took to suspend you for the year or ban you. Um, and you end up going to uh, with the Muskegon Fury. You turned pro in the United Hockey League. I know Kurt yeah. talked to Rammer and uh, got you. You were into Muskegon, and uh, and you end up winning the championship. Um, yeah. How how was that, that? What a whirlwind from the farm to yeah. the championship. Uh, how what was your like in Muskegon? Man, I'll tell you what, it was so much fun. Like, <laughs> I mean, you go from playing, uh, you know, junior hockey to now you're in the. You know, you you played, or you you strove, strove to play, you know, in in, in, the, in a minor league or, or play hockey at a high caliber. And 
the U-Haul is no joke. No. Nope. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, it was a tough league back then and a good league. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was, there's a lot of guys that came back from playing, you know, in the American League or in the NHL or whatever. And, uh, I mean, we had, we had a good team then too. I mean, we had, and that, that was the same thing. Like in Muskegon, we had teams that you wanted to play pond hockey, we played pond hockey. You wanted to, you know, mix her up. Well, we had guys to do that too. And, uh, I mean, it was just—it was just incredible, going from. Uh, it was—it was definitely intimidating, because I mean, you're stepping up into the, into the big boys. It's like, oh crap, these these, these guys aren't playing. So it was—it was. But uh, you know, as, as far as it was exciting, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like the first game, of course. You know, back then you didn't have to wear visors, so I was all excited about that. I was more excited about that than anything. I didn't have to wear a visor. I didn't have to get my, you know, my nose broke and get punched or mess my hand up. <clears throat> but, you know, just the, just going from, I guess it was kind of a dream. It, it, was, it was a dream come true, going and playing pro hockey. Yeah. You, you don't really think about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, there's nowhere else to go. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go to Toledo in the East Coast Hockey League, or do you want to go to, you know, do you want to go to uh, Muskegon uh, in the UHL? They're first in their league, and, and they're going to, you know, have an opportunity to win a cup. And, and I was like, well, Kurt, what would you do? And he's like, I'd be honest with you. He said, I'd go play in Muskegon. So I said, okay. That's what I did. Good call. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you had Todd Robinson and Robin Boucher there and uh, scoring points. And then, I mean, Ramsey's still player coach. He's playing still. They got you. Uh, Dean Mayrad, who was a who was a past guest on this show and told some interesting stories about you. Uh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, um, your first fight in that league was against Mark Durant. <laughs> yep. And he catches you pretty good. Yeah, it didn't go so well for me. No, it did not. Um, at that point, um, w- what's your mindset like at that point? Like, were you, were you a little, now at that point, were you hesitant to get, to do it? Like, were you kind of all of a sudden, like, in shock? Cause I mean, it had been a while since you had taken, I uh, probably been put down like that. Um, did you want to get right been. back? Did you want to get right back at it? Or like, what was your mindset there right at that point? Well, put it this way. Uh, my mama didn't raise no quitter. There you and, go. Uh, I pissed me off. I was embarrassed, but <clears throat> I fought him. I want to say I fought him. We, fought- he beat me that one. We drew the second one, and then I beat him. The third. Hold on. Holy. That was a horse kicking. Uh, and then uh, I want to say I fought him four or five times. And... Uh, it kept on getting better and better, and finally, I got to repay the uh, putting down. Uh, <laughs> yep. But he was a man. Talk about a big guy. He was a big guy too. Tough guy, was, absolutely. He was a big dude. Yeah. He's I don't know exactly offhand how big he was, but he was bigger than I was. Well, so you you win the championship of Muskegon. Uh, you got the ring. You're all here. We here we go, and all of a sudden the next year. I hear that you're in the Quebec semi-pro league. 
with Saint yeah. with Saint John. How did you end up there? And uh, you got to have a Quebec League story. Everyone has a Quebec League story. Well, and I know you I only played the back. ten games there. Yeah, I I was going. I was working that summer in Medicine Hat, Alberta. I went back there. I loved it there, and uh, I went back and and. I was uh, working all summer, and I was planning on going to Red Deer College, and uh, I was enrolled. I started my education to be a teacher, and uh, of which I was trying to do what my mom asked me to do and <laughs> get my education. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, the coach, I can't remember his name, uh, calls me up and says, Hey, uh, Mucker, uh, we want you to come play uh, for St. John. And I was like, Who's that? Yeah, for a weekend up to Quebec City or Montreal. And I was like, Well, that sounds cool. So that's what I did. And, uh, I mean, it was an experience, put it that way. I, mean, literally, I just fell off, I fell off the turnip truck, you know, or I looked like I did. You know, I come off the plane, I got my cowboy hat on and and uh, it was like, welcome to Quebec. And I'm like, holy cow. Well, they treated me like I was royalty, the owners. And, I mean, Dino was there. I met him and a couple of the other players. And, I mean, it was just like, holy cow. Well, I brought my gear, and I got into a couple games with uh, with St. John. And uh, we ended up playing Laval. And it took us, I mean, it was just like I'm not a slap shot. Yep. It took us an hour and a half to play the first period. You can. There was nine. There was either nine or eleven fights. I can't remember. There was a lot of fights. And I'm like, where? Or no, pardon me. That was the second game. The first game we played in Laval. Yeah, so I ended up fighting Craig, Mar- Craig Martin. Craig Martin. Yep. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, I did pretty good. Of course, I hadn't I hadn't played. Uh, I hadn't played or stayed at all during the summer, and. Uh, so, I mean, I was pretty rusty, but, I mean, I hung in there and did pretty good, apparently. I, I mean, I don't – I've never I've never seen the fight, but apparently I did pretty good. I mean, I felt like I did pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, – and then the second night, we ended up going back to St. John and playing there. And, like I said, it was – I want to say it might have been a Friday or Saturday. I thought it was a Friday night, Saturday night. And then, uh, yeah, that's what it was. And then, uh, uh, yeah, it was Saturday night back in St. John, and it took us an hour and a half to play the, the uh, first period. And I'm like, holy cow, <laughs> what league is this? So it was, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience. So, so, but, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but yet you, you only played the 10 games, then you went back to Muskegon. What made you leave? Did they stiff you on money? No, you know, it just was an opportunity to, uh, to go play, you know, I mean, obviously St. John, it was, you know, you're fighting all the time. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, that was how they made their money. And, uh, you know, at that point it was, I was wanting to play hockey and, uh, you know, do it the right way. And, and instead of, it was a little bit of a circus. And, uh, at that time, and I didn't really want to be part of that. 
no disrespect to those guys, but just it wasn't for me. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, I wanted to play and and uh, you know I, I wanted to play a little bit more than I did fight and or and if I would have stayed, I would have had to to do that and wouldn't have the opportunity to play in the NHL. So that's kind of the way I look at it. it. Was it was a it was a learning experience for me and and something that kind of taught me that hey you know what maybe I and then Mike Busnick the head coach for Muskegon, you know, he really wanted me to come back. And uh, Actually, Danton Cole was the coach when I was uh, there the first time, and then Mike Buznick was there uh, the second year I was there. And Buzz was so good to me, too. He'd just come back from – he was assistant coach in Hartford and played with him or played for him, and he was so good. He was good to me, too. So – well, you know. yeah. So you go back to Muskegon, back to you get out of the circus and, and back to the back to the United League, and uh, and like I said, you come out swinging, and uh, you took on everybody. And there's a couple of key names that that uh, the folks listening uh, want to get uh, your opinion on that you took on. Uh, the first one is he's a legendary enforcer in the minors. Was the meat grinder, Marty Melnichuk. Oh, you guys had some good battles, boy. Oh yeah, we did. He was freaking. He's a warrior, and uh, like I said, he he uh, he was tough. He was all there. And he taught me a lot too. You know, just different things. And he was always, you know, it's always kind of talking to me. Hey, back, how's it going? And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Why does he want to be my friend? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, he was just that kind of guy. He played the role, and you know, when it when it was on the ice, he. he he played the role, and he was good at it. Yep. And he was tough. Well, there's a cut. And he was strong. Yeah. Well, and then there's, uh, <laughs> you know, Jason Bone and Brad Wingfeld, Frank Littlejohn. But uh, one guy it looked like you had a bit of a rivalry with uh, was Charlie LZ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Charlie LZ. He was, he was a big dude from, uh, he was in Kalamazoo. Yeah. Was there, uh, was there anything personal there, or was just that side of, oh, just, no. that's just sort of how it worked out? Yeah, no, that's just kind of how it worked out. Uh, you know, just, just a couple of big dudes fighting for their team, doing what they gotta do. Yeah. Kind of the way, I mean, it was the U-Haul, so I mean, you kind of had to prove yourself, and, and, uh, I was a rookie, and nobody knew who I was, and, I was trying to make the best, just like everybody else, and I kind of was starting to figure out that hey, if I'm going to do this, I got to kind of keep on, you know, hammer down type thing, and uh, you know that's the way I kind of looked at it, and especially that year, and that was the year that uh, you know I got a look from uh, the Rangers, and yeah, and, uh, kind of went from there. I was going to say, so you signed as a free agent with the New York Rangers. Um, did, were you in Ranger camp at all? I was not. No. no. Okay, so they so they send you to uh, Charlotte with the Checkers yep. uh, in 0304. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, well, what was your what was your experience like in the East Coast, your first experience in the East Coast in Charlotte? Um, I love Charlotte. Yep. <laughs> It was great. I actually ended up going to Hartford's camp uh, first, and then uh, and then to uh, and then to Charlotte. 
but uh, but no, Charlotte was uh, Charlotte was good. Um, it was it was it was all great to be honest. With that whole organization was good to me. There was not a there wasn't an organization that was bad or or anything. Some were, were better than others, but I mean, obviously, when you go and you're hanging out with the likes of we're not hanging out with, but you know, you've got Mark Messier and the, you know the Adam Graves and Mike Richter and, and those kind of names. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe I can do this. Yeah, maybe I, you know. And while Yammer Yeager was there, this is actually my the first year I went to Rangers camp. He was there. I got a great picture with him. I'm trying to defend him. I'm playing defense, and I'm literally got a hold of him, and I'm trying not to let him go because I think it was in 2004 when they just took out the the whole. You know, they kind of started clamping down on the clutch and grabbing. Yep. Yeah, I was still in training camp, so it hadn't really been a, you know, pass yet. So, I mean, I was, you know, I'll tell you what, I was holding on to his coattails. <laughs> not one like stupid. But. How strong is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the strongest guy I've ever, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a machine. Yep. He's, just, he's so big and strong. I mean, his legs, and his, I mean, he's just a big unit. Yeah. I thought I was a big guy, but he's huge. Like he's a he's a monster. Well, I, I shouldn't say a monster. He's just a big like he's just so good on the skates and so yeah, so strong. And, I mean, he just like I said, there's a reason why he's you know he's played as long as he has. Yeah, for one because he's phenomenal shape, and then for two, you know he's because of that he's. He hasn't had to have, you know, he hasn't had that many injuries, I don't believe, and and uh, he's just one of those guys that, like I said, he's just tank. Yep. Well, I have to, I have to ask you uh, in Charlotte, uh, you're playing there, and this is your first run in with a with a with a guy that would go on to legendary status in the minors. Uh, and speaking of size difference. Uh, was five foot eight John Nasty Morasty, and um, what was it like? I've like I've seen all your fights, and I know John and stuff. And uh, what was it like fighting Morasty? It was a lose lose situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like I mean, he's freaking, he's so strong, and you know, it's like he's just like a bulldog. Like he just keeps on coming. Yeah, and you can't slow him down. He's just one of those guys that just keeps on coming forward, and the harder you hit him, the more he smiles at you. And yep. It's like, yeah, God, kid. Like, I mean, he <laughs> and he's just tough, just tough. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we're all cut from the same road. We got to be a little bit, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Johnny's just one of them guys that's just tough. Yeah. And and he's a smart fighter too. Like he never ever got himself in a wreck. You know, he always he fought. He didn't ever get hurt, you know, or very little. And I mean he's taking on some guys that are you know a, everybody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everyone were. that went through the minors, he was fighting them. And then he was in that Quebec league fighting seventy times. I mean, yeah, it was just I, I couldn't have done what he did. 
Uh, there's, I don't think there is too many that could. Yeah, and at that size and be able to, you know, and switch hands and avoid, you know, duck kind of the... I mean, Mayrad really kind of broke it down in his interview with me that, you know, how John, he would sort of slip the punches and take them and... Uh, well, he was you know. a boxer. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was gold gloves boxer. Him and Yabo were both gold gloves boxers. Yeah. And, you know, heck, I'm just... I just fought. Well, I, mean, I was going to ask you, as it got <laughs> later on in your career... And you're you're playing pro now, and you know now. I don't want to say now we're going to take it serious, but you know what I mean. You're in the pro. Yep. Here we go. Did you ever get into boxing or anything, or was it just? I never did. No. Never did. Nope. I never ever did. I actually box now more than I've ever done. Uh, you know, uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> I can kind of take out some frustration on the heavy bag. It doesn't cost me anything, and I don't have to. <laughs> but uh, no, I never ever did. Uh, I never took any boxing. Like I said, I just kind of watched and learned and, and listened. And, and, you know, a lot of the time, man, I'll tell you, a lot of the time it was the school of hard knocks. Everybody's like, man, how did you do that? Or how do you do this? I was like, I looked at him point blank and I say, you know what? The old 4 H model, learn to do by doing. You just get in there and do the best you can. And, you know, my dad had shown me a few things that would help me out to kind of keep me going and, a lot of the time was try not to get hit. <laughs> yeah. And my thing was I, I, I took quite a few pretty good shots. Were you, were, you ever, uh, were you ever a video guy? Did you ever watch anybody or did you just sort of just go into it? I did a little bit, but not much. You know, uh, I mean, I kind of, I didn't, me personally, I didn't really have a style. Like, you know, when I fought, I went into fight. I sure as heck wasn't going to go in playing body cake, so I was trying to make sure that he would have to react to what I did. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. Yeah. But, I mean, I had a guy that, uh, you know, Doug Smith, worked yep. with me when I was in Providence and, and uh, helped me out a little bit. Or actually, you know, that whole year he helped me out a lot. Him and uh, Mr. Paul Vincent and, and, you know, that – that helped me, you know, try to uh, maximize everything, my tools, Yeah, <laughs> I guess, as you, as you will. Uh, you know, my size and my strength and the fact that I could I could switch hands and, and you know, I could kind of do whatever you wanted to do. If you wanted to wrestle, I wasn't the greatest. I hated wrestling or grappling. But yeah. if you wanted to grapple, I could do that. Or I was more of a guy that I wanted to throw – and, uh, you know, especially later on in my career, I was, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. That was my ace in the hole. And, uh, you know, it's terrible to say, but my, my theory going in is I want to make sure that I hit you and you never, ever wanted to fight me ever again. And, yeah. uh, well, I mean, that's, that, that's the point, you know, right? Yeah. That was my theory. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a fist fight on ice. I mean, this isn't time to. Yeah. Be, this isn't. Uh, yeah, this isn't time to play nice. I mean, it's it's serious, and he's trying to do it to yeah. you. So, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about the. Yeah, so just in like the American Hockey League, again, an, another like step up in terms of uh, you know and and uh, skill and everything else, and and also this is where you run into another legendary enforcer, and I know you had a few run-ins with him. Was uh, Dennis Bonvie? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you got some story on Dennis bones 
I mean, every time we'd fight, it was a, it was, he'd be, he'd be talking to me and I'd be like, shut the hell up, you know, like just, of course I wouldn't say that, but I mean, I'd, you know, he, he would be fussing at me or, or not fussing at me, but he'd be like, hey, Macker, how's it going? And then would be like, you know, and then we'd be fighting. And then I was never, ever one of those guys that would talk or make friends. I had one guy that I, we were good friends. Uh, me and Trevor Gillies uh, really was the only guy that I, because we both played together in Hartford, and, yep. and uh, I respected him and where he came from. And we were two both guys that we could potentially damage each other. So that was the only, you know, guy that we kind of had a mutual respect for each other. And uh, we were kind of wired. He's obviously a lot more intense than I am, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I love Trevor. He's like, he's my brother. And, and he was the one guy that, <clears throat> you know, he'd be like, all right, Mac, I'll tell the boys to calm down. And I'd be like, all right, Trev, I'll tell the guys to calm down. And, you know, that's kind of how it was handled. Yeah. And then, you know, and that was a mutual respect for each other. And I mean, if, if something were to happen, we'd have to take care of business. But at the same time, we had that, you know, uh, respect for each other. And I took pride in that. Also, but, uh, yeah, speaking of in Hartford, uh, Nick Fatio was your coach, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, well, there, speaking of, legendary, <laughs> speaking of legendary enforcers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll tell you what, he had the biggest hands I've ever seen on a man. Like, his freaking hands were like anvil. Uh, I mean, he, he shook my hand. And I got a big old hand, but he shook my hand, and I'm like, good God, where the heck did that? I mean, it was. He had a he had a big old mid on, but uh, but Nick was he was great too. He'd be cracking jokes, you know, left, right, and center to me, or you know, giving me crap for not figuring out this face off girl, or you know, something silly that you know made a lot of sense. But uh, at that time, I was like, when we had so much going on, it was just like, huh? But. Uh, but it was it was fun playing for him. Fun talking to him after, yeah. uh, you know, after I finished playing with him. Yeah, some of the stories. Hey, you guys remember when I put you out on the PK with, you know, there's two minutes left and you guys were down. We were down by two or or up by two or whatever. And uh, so I was like, yeah, why did you put us out there, me and Jake Taylor? It's like, well, we're not going to learn. You don't get put in that situation. You're never going to learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were up by. That's what we were. We were up by one against uh, Lowell, and that's when they, it was a year of the lockout. And uh, they had uh, Eric Stahl and all those guys. They had a pretty legit team, and uh, we had a penalty. And there's, I think, less than three minutes left in the game, and he throws out me and Jake Taylor, and we're both rookie defensemen. And it's like, what the heck is he doing? And he looked at us and he said, well, you know, you're not going to get any better if I don't throw you to the fire. And I was like, man, this is awesome. So me and Jake are literally out there chopping trees down. <laughs> you know, we got the old wood, the old wood sticks. And yep. we're literally, anybody that comes through the crease, we're freaking murdering them. Like just, I mean, <laughs> we were ruthless. Because he was wired a little screwy too. But, uh, but anyway. We had fun. Nicky was good to us. Yeah. Taught us a lot. 
Well, so this time period, you've gone to Charlotte, to Hartford. You actually played the season in Quad City, um, and then and then you're back, and then you go to Providence. You had the big year in Providence, and um, at this point, I was going to ask you, like, because I mean, I've watched, I watched you, like, again as a fan, I was following you the whole time, and it's like you're just yep. you're just rolling like pounding dudes, and like in Quad Cities, I mean, Big Snake and Eric Lizon, and I mean. Ryan Barnes and Tidball, and I mean, you're having all these good fights, and you're taking these guys out, and it's like, and then, uh, but like, nothing is going on at the NHL level. Like, were you really discouraged at that point, or did that still seem like so far away, like that's so inconceivable? Away. It seemed so, to be honest with you, it seemed so far away that it was just like, yeah, you know, I'm just having fun and trying to make a living, and you know, so I'm just trying to trying to do the best I can, and uh, with what I've got. And you know, I quit actually for three months because I got I got so homesick. You know, I hadn't been home for Christmas in you know six or seven years or whatever it was, and and uh, I quit right before Christmas. I got to go home and see my grandparents and and hang out with my family and and be normal. And, uh, you know, that was, I, I sat there and had a discussion with my dad, one of the local farmers that I really respected, and both of them said that, you know, if you quit now, <laughs> it goes back to Sutter all over again. Summer, Brent Sutter again, if you quit now, you know, you're going to look at yourself in 20 years or whatever and say, man, I wish I would have tried a little bit harder, or I wish I would have done this a little bit better or whatever. And they said, can you live with that? And I was like, you know. So back I go again. And Providence calls me about a month or two, kind of after uh, after everything, you know, uh, after I get back. And and, I was, and they called me up. I said, I said I'm good. I, I, I'm, I've quit on my team already. I, I'm not going to abandon them again. I said, it's not fair to them. I said, I, I quit. You know, three months and went home, and I said, I'm not going to do it again. I said, if you guys are really interested in me, you know, call me up, uh, you know, in the summer, and, and we'll go from there. If you guys really want me to come play for your team. Well, they called me up two weeks before training camp. Well, at this particular juncture in time, I'm 280 pounds. I'm fat and out of shape. Two, three weeks before training camp, they call. Say, hey, uh, do you want to come? And I mean, I was already retired, you know, had my, you know, I was doing some other stuff. And, and, uh, so sure enough, I told them, I was like, this is where I'm at. And they're like, well, you know, just come to camp. And, you know, we've got a, uh, a, a skills coach and a fight coach or guy. And, and, and I said, okay, I'll come. I said, but this is where I'm at. So, showed up at camp, and Mr. V, uh, Paul Vincent, he uh, he's working with me. And actually, the very first day, we go out there, and, and he's yelling and screaming because he he's 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 about five foot seven, and he was a Boston City cop, so he's got the Boston accent. And he's like a little fireball. And he's yelling and screaming at a couple guys because they're, 
going through the motions, rolling their eyes like, oh, why do I got to be here, Both, you know, crap like that. And uh, he's like, you guys don't want to get here. You guys don't want to be here. Get the F off the ice. And I'm like, at that time, I'm like, yes, this guy's for real. And uh, so anyway, I meet him. He comes over, introduces himself, and says, hey, Mac, I'm uh, Mr. V. I said, hey, Mr. V, uh, nice to meet you. And, uh, you know, uh, I forget how we got started talking. Uh, but anyway, he asked me, he said, uh, you know, what's, what, where do you see yourself? I told him, I said, Mr. V, I said, it's been my dream to play in the NHL. He looked at me, not even, didn't even skip a beat, and he said, you know what, Macca? He says, I got more of a chance of dating Meg Ryan than you got playing in the NHL. And, I mean, I just was like, I was, at that time, I was crushed. But, uh, you know, but then he said to me, he said, I'll make you a deal. He said, if you show up every day, you know, when I'm here, half hour before, half hour after, he said, I'll do the best I can, and we'll try to get you to the NHL. So I I owe a lot to, to Mr. V and, and uh, you know, Doug Smith. Of, of making it to, to the NHL because, honestly, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had a sniff. Because, I mean, as you well know, uh, guys like myself, uh, we don't get second chances. Nope. And uh, they gave me a second chance, a third chance, whatever, by saying, you know what, we're going to help you. And that, to me, meant more than anything, is saying, you know what, we're going to help you out. And, and he told me, like, I mean, and I didn't miss a day. I was there with Mr. V half hour before, half hour after, you know, putting in the time, doing whatever it took, you know, going over game tape, going over, you know, different guys' styles of fighting or, you know, this or that, and, uh, you know, doing what we could to be prepared as we could be. And uh, because of that, I got an opportunity to sign with, uh, with the, the Panthers and, and then kind of go from there. So well, yeah. I owe a lot. I owe my career to them two guys. Well, that's awesome. Well, like you said, the Panthers and then uh, the whole waiver thing. And long story short, you end up with it as an Edmonton Oiler. And, I mean, oh, talk, yeah. talk about a dream come true. And like you said, uh, October 3rd, Battle of Alberta. And there is the old nemesis, Jim Vandermeer. And you, and you, <laughs> and you, and you hung one on him. That had to be a big... Uh, what was that whole night like? What was that feeling like? You know what? It was, uh, I got the call and, uh, obviously the, uh, guys from, you know, Florida at the time weren't real thrilled about it because they were expecting to be in Rochester. And of course I was ecstatic because not only was I going home, I had the potential to be playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is a dream come true. I said, I mean, it's just, it's, it, uh, this is fantastic. And uh, so anyway, uh, I show up to training camp and, or to, you know, to practice. And, I mean, I'm just beside myself. I'm just all, all eyeballs. I'm, you know, guys come up and introduce themselves. And, and uh, I mean, it's just great. Well, we get the call to go to Edmonton, or go to Calgary. And uh, anyway... Jim kind of was running his mouth a little bit. He said, uh, we had some choice words and 
long story short, uh, we ended up having a little, having a little get together and, and, uh, actually he told, he asked me, he said, you remember what happened 10 years ago when I kicked your tail? And I was like, and of course that was kind of when the temperature gauge got a little high and I got a little hot Yeah. and, uh, all right. I said, we'll see. So <laughs> anyway, and safe to say, I think I might've got the better gym that day, but. Yeah, he definitely got better at me than we fought in in in, a, in Saskatoon and Junior, but that's okay. Well, win some, you lose. Absolutely, yeah, everyone <laughs> loses. Yeah. Um, well, for that year, when did you finally like? When did they give you? Did they ever give you the word that okay, you're staying, or were you always <laughs> on pins and needles? Or how did that year go in terms of uh, when did you feel comfortable, or did you? They told me after I was in Philadelphia to find a place to go uh, or find a place and uh, from then on um, you know I kind of relaxed a little bit but I mean still I mean you're playing the NHL you can't relax no that was yeah, kind of yeah. thing I, I could never ever take the pedal off yeah I mean it was always go time and if I took a day off or if I was sleeping one day I mean I was going to it wasn't good, but well, you know, or I could have got sent down or whatever. So well, you, you know, I tried to do. Well, I, I was going to say you mentioned it earlier uh, that Eric Goddard broke your orbital bolt. So November sixth, you're in Pittsburgh. You fight Goddard, and he busts he busts you up and breaks your orbital bone. At that point, yeah. were you did you sort of see your NHL career sort of slipping away at that point, or were you? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna they say, called, yeah. They called Jesse Bullerice up. Yeah, and uh, sorry. And uh, at that point, I was like, oh my gosh! Like, there it goes. You know, I got beat, and it it, it took me mentally for three months or how? Yeah, three months. I was, you know, in a state of like, I'm not gonna, I'm 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 not gonna go anywhere. I'm. I'm done, you know, they don't want me no more. This is over. So I mean to a point mentally it was it was a bad place I was in. But now physically, uh man, I was in the best shape I was ever in. Uh you know, physically. Yep. Uh, I was six five, two forty five, Matt Key comes walking down the or I come walking down the down the uh the aisle or the hall there at uh in the old Rexall place. Or North, or, uh, and uh, he looks at me. He's like, "Holy cow, Mac!" He says, uh, "Are you our tough guy, or are you uh, our third line or fourth line grinder?" And I was like, I kind of laughed, and and uh, he had to talk to our fitness coach. And he's like, "Hey, you know," uh, <laughs> but I mean, I felt great. I mean, it was it was great, but I I was working my tail off to make sure that they knew that I was still around and and that I wasn't going to roll over and die. And, uh, you know, that was kind of, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, play with the team. I couldn't, I couldn't practice. I had to, you know, there was no contact for however long. And, uh, it was tough mentally. It was, it was extremely tough. Yeah. But, uh, that was probably the toughest time that, you know, that I wrecked my, uh, tore my MCL up the last time I was there. That was no joke either. But I was well, a little older and I could kind of 
Yeah. Take that a little easier, but even still, didn't work out like it was supposed to, but that's okay. Well, I got it the, worked out like it didn't work out the way I wanted it. Yeah. Well, I got the date here. It's uh, you came back. You're back in the lineup, January thirteenth against Washington. You score. You got your first NHL goal. That's a fact. I remember I was the highest played player per shift per night. There you go. I scored Alexander Ovechkin that night. Who'd you, sco- was, I, who'd you score on? Jose Theodore. There you it go. It was a twisted record from the top of the circle. Absolutely. Hey, hey, there you go. Like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. You I st- think it was a floater, more honestly. Hey, it was, it <laughs> was I, tell, an, I tell everybody it was a twisted record. I was going to say, 10 years, it'll be an end and rush. Yeah. Do you and still- then they'll pull up the video and be like, ah. That puck was rolling end over end. <laughs> hey, they, they they don't ask you how, just how many. Did uh, you still got the puck? Oh yeah. There you go. Yep, still got the puck it's, uh, somewhere. I can't even remember where it's at right now. I'm losing the entire time, but I still got it. Well, and then uh, and like you said, well then you get back into the old boxing ring there. Well, your first fight back after the orbital bone is Derek Bugard. So once again, <laughs> like you said, right into the deep end, right? Um, I was uh, going to go big. Actually, I got hit. Uh, yes, you did. I was just watched that fight before I got on the phone with you. Uh, no, I'm actually talking to, uh, was it Mike Gre- Mike Greer actually crushed me center ice when he was in San Jose. Okay. Like, like forearm shiver right to the face. I was kind of leaned out for a puck, and I mean, I took a heavy, heavy hit. I thought, well, didn't break then. I guess it ain't gonna break no more. And uh, but I mean, he caught me right on the same spot, harder than I got hit. And I mean, I was fine, so that kind of built my confidence up a little bit. Yeah. And then I think Boog- I fought Bugard next or a couple nights later or whatever. But, <clears throat> well, I know you fought you fought Boogie a few times, and uh, yeah. you know, and you know, and, you know, hey, there were some, there were some tough fights, and uh, what was it like fighting him? Like, uh, like he was just like fighting the grizzly bear. Hey, like fighting the grizzly bear when he was young. Like when he when I my very first fight against him was in junior. Yep. he was in. Uh, I think he was in Regina. No, maybe Prince George. And no, uh, actually, I can't remember. He was in Regina. Was in he, you were in Red Deer. He was in Regina. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I ended up breaking his nose in that fight. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, it was like, and then he got older and a lot, a lot tougher. I mean, not saying that he was, you know, no slouch by any means, but uh, well, he definitely grew he, into the role for sure. Oh gosh, he was. I mean, he was one of the best at it. Yep. And. Uh, you know, it was just one of them things where it's just—it was like wrestling a grizzly bear. <laughs> I mean, it really, truly was. It was—it uh, was a battle royale, but it was pretty cool fighting him in Madison uh, Square Garden. You know, I didn't do so well in the first fight, but second fight went a little better. But uh, you know, in the fight to, to not only play hockey, but you know, battle in Madison Square Garden where Muhammad Ali and like all the great fighters, it was just, it was kind of cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the next History. year, yeah, well the next year you start in Edmonton 
Then you get, you know, you trade to Florida, and then you're down in Rochester. Like, how, how frustrating was that season for you? Uh, it was pretty frustrating. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I had moved and, you know, just constant move and battle and just, you know, I was kind of at Whip Bend with the coach down there. Uh, and, but now when I go up to Florida, I mean, it was, I love, it was great. You know, guys respected me. They knew, you know, where I was coming from and, and what I'd done. And it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, great. We didn't have the greatest team, but a good bunch of guys as a whole. But, well, uh, well, I was watching one of your fights in Florida when you fought Brashear. And it was sort of kind of a long, I just watched it before I got on the phone with you, actually. It was uh, kind of a longer, you guys start off wrestling and wrestling, and you're kind of getting in a few. And then right at the end, you hit him with a body shot, and uh, and he tenses up. But you could see it, like, okay, that's it. And then they break you guys up right away. Um, I noticed in a bunch of your fights, you kind of, you weren't afraid, you like to go to the body. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, I'd rather take one on the end of the nose and hit, get one, get hit in the kidneys or liver. Yeah, I'm not kidding either. Like it takes a fight right out of a guy. Scott Parker and, said the same thing. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Them kind of guys are. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of one of them things that uh, always watch Marty McSorley do. And uh, when I was in Edmonton, he's asking me, he's like, "Man, that's awesome. You go to the body. You go to the body." I'm like, yeah, because I watched a lot of your fights, and you know, the guys that that uh, was helping me get a little better. He, he was saying, "Man, go keep going to the body." He said, "I mean, that was kind of the way it was. If I couldn't get you, if I couldn't get you square in the end of the nose or whatever, I'd try to go for the body. And I mean, it's a bigger target. You're not going to protect yourself. You're going to bend yourself over and come up through the uppercut. So it was just kind of one of them things. I just tried to, you know, think the thing." think a fight through and and uh you know my dad always always used to tell me so when you get in a fight he said make sure you're thinking uh because when you're mad you don't see those those other things happening so i kind of always stuck with me yeah well and another really good fight you had from that year is actually your last one well before you went back to edmonton was against mcgratton oh yeah how was uh how was fighting big earn that was good. I mean, Big Earn's a big, tough guy. Yep. But uh, he's one of those guys, I mean, I I wish I would have been playing that year because that would have been a fun year. Because, you know, I think we're both kind of, we both enjoyed uh, for our team. And uh, he's like, enjoyed playing for Calgary and I enjoyed playing for Edmonton. So. Yep. Well, it, it just seemed that year, like you said, you went down to Rochester and you were just saying how frustrating it was. But going back, and it's interesting to watch the footage. And this might be just me reading into it, but just watching it, because he fought Mer. It looked like, I always used to say, pissed off McIntyre is a scary McIntyre. Because you fight Morasti, Colton Orr, McNeil, Yablonski, Zach Fitzgerald, and Belak, and you look pissed off the whole time. I was a little irritated. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I was just trying to make sure that I didn't lose that job. Or, you know, I was more mad at myself, maybe, because I worried about, oh, they're going to send me here. They're going to send me there. And instead of taking a bull by the horns and 
and being the uh, a little bit more of the aggressor or, or being more in control of my destiny, I let it kind of everybody else make my those decisions for me, and that that was kind of shot myself in the foot. I I think or I believe I was more worried about what was up, what else was happening. You kind of think worried, you, like you kind of think you got in your own way sometimes. Oh, for sure. You know, I was my own worst enemy. Heck, I still am. But, uh, well, you know. the, the following year, you're back at Edmonton. So now it's like round th- round three with the Oilers. Um, round three, I can't remember. Yeah, well, and you had a, and you were there all. You had a good, another strong, another good year. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, you were there the whole year. And, you know, um, also, this was the year, uh, you know, they draft Taylor Hall first overall. What was it like play- at that point? What was it like with Hall and uh, Everly and those guys? I like Magnus Piervi. He was, uh, I'm not going to say anything, but uh, out of the three, I enjoyed. So Magnus Piervi, so obviously Eberle and, and uh, Hall are the caliber players they were. Magnus PRV, uh was the third rookie, and uh, we were at a uh, we were at in training camp, and I'll never forget it. He, uh, Mags, he, we were doing one on one drills, and I mean obviously one on one drills are pretty tough, or can be. And he he went over the blue line, lost the puck, or something happened. And long story short, he come back to the back of the line. And he was kind of, kind of hanging his head, and I looked at him and said, "Hey, you know, make sure you, you finish your drill. You know, wherever that puck is, don't don't quit on the drill." I said, "You know, that's a good way to to get sent down, or you know, whatever." He looked at me and said, "Thanks, Mac. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that." He said, "That means a lot." A guy like that saying that, and then going out the rest of the year and being. You know, one of the hardest workers, or if not the hardest worker, definitely the hardest working rookie, uh, that meant something. And I, that was kind of where I'd go the extra mile to help, you know, guys like that. I mean, the other guys, nothing against them, but, I mean, they they had the tools and they had this and they had that. Well, Mags just needs a little guy. And that was kind of – kind of – Look back and say, you know, maybe I could have, maybe I helped him out a little bit, but for him to uh, to acknowledge that, and I would anybody look at him funny or did anything, man, I was on them like, you know, flea on a dog's back. Yep. I was, uh, you know, that was just the way he he respected me because he very very easily could have said, you know what, Maxers, you know, you're just a pile on, whatever, but he didn't. He uh, he was. Uh, very accepting of that, and uh, I appreciate that. Not saying that the other guys weren't, but I mean it was just a little different caliber. Yep, yep. Uh, player, but uh, but yeah. Well, but those guys, I mean, you know, they're doing well. They they figured out how to play the game, and and uh, you know they're doing quite well. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been really following hockey much. Uh, kind of got a little bit of sour taste in my mouth with it, but you know from what I hear. Uh, they've been doing good, and, and uh, you know that's good for them. Yeah. Well, I won't. I know we've uh, got. I won't keep you too much longer, but I do have to ask. I know the uh, the the following year you're in Pittsburgh, 
You start in yep. Pittsburgh, and of course, when you mention the Pittsburgh Penguins, of course you have to mention Sidney Crosby. Um, you know, unfortunately, he got hurt that year, I believe. But you have Crosby yep. and Malkin and all those guys there. Um, give us some behind the scenes. What, how was Sidney Crosby to you, and uh, and how was the Pittsburgh organization, Mario Lemieux, and everybody? Pittsburgh, by far, nothing against the other guys. Like I said, I'm an Oiler fan, Oiler diehard. But as far as the organization, I had just rolled in there, just walked in there. Ray Shiro knew my name. I mean, knew everything about me. Mary Lemieux was sitting there, hey, Macker, it's good to have you here, part of the team. You know, yada, yada, yada. And, I mean, Sid was, he was just, I mean, Sid's just a great guy. Like, he... He really is. He's, he's a he's a, a perfectionist. He's a he's he he's a warrior. And you know, a lot of the guys here at Fire Station, they give when I first met me, they were bad enough and Sid, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, that's my buddy. Uh, you know, he can't be bad enough for him. But you know, he was he was. I mean, just he played on my line. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I played on his line. It was me. I played on. He played on my line. Uh, you know that was the fifth line. Uh, that was the line that didn't play much. But uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, it was uh, it was it was fun. Well, and then and uh, you, of course you spent some time in Wilkesbury as well. And how was your time there? I mean, it was great. Um, I. It was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we we uh, we had a great coach. Um, we uh, the systems were the same uh, with Pittsburgh and Wilkesbury. Um, it was it was just a lot of fun. It was easy transition uh, going from uh, from one organization to another. Uh, uh, you, you know, you went in there, do your job, uh, uh, did everything. You know, it was the, it was the same. Uh, yeah. Like you could you could uh, see how the you could see how Pittsburgh has been a successful organization all these years, just by the way it's run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why they're successful. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, like when when you were when you were in Edmonton, I mean, no, we're not gonna, you know, I'm not saying let's, you know, put the mouth on anybody, but I mean, could you see the dysfunction in Edmonton? I mean, obviously, but I mean, yeah. was it like how frustrating in the room was it with those guys, like with management or with the coaches or whatever? Like, could you feel it? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could definitely feel it. Uh, but at the same time, it's not your spot to say anything, um, and nothing against Edmonton. But you know, it, it just it was, it was, it was. There were times where it was frustrating, but then at the same time, it's like you know what? I'm I'm get got given an opportunity to play in the NHL with the team that you grew up watching, and and it you know for me it was a dream come true. And you know I'm going to go out there and give it everything I've got, and, and if it's not good enough, I can look in the mirror and say you know what I did, did everything I could, and that's kind of the way. Uh, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. So, yeah. Well, so, so. The, well, the following year, you, you signed with the Oklahoma City Blazers, the Edmonton Oilers farm team in the American Hockey League. 
And, um, I mean, at that point, are you, uh, I mean, everyone wants to play in the NHL, but I mean, you know, you're in the American League. Did you really, really take, uh, sort of a mentorship role at that point or like, did you take it upon yourself to, to really do that? Or was it more just, you know what I mean? How was your time in Oklahoma? I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, obviously it was Cowboy City, or Cowboy, you know. Yeah. Um, it was, it was obviously, uh, fun experience to me. You know, we'd play hockey, we'd go rope. Uh, I didn't get to play a lot, but, you know, I tried to do what you could do and, um, kind of go from there. So, um, at that point in time, you know, I kind of knew it was the end of my career and, and, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I went out with some dignity and, and not, uh, you know, complete, be a complete and utter, uh, you know, menace to society. I wanted to play the game the right way, the way I grew up playing, the way my mom and dad, and my dad and mom expected me to play the game. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, I knew it was going to be my last year. Or thought it was going to be my last year. So that's kind of the way I wanted to do it. And, but still take care of my teammates, but. Yeah. You know, not be a complete and utter idiot. Hey, how how was playing for Rocky? Um, it was good. Uh, Rocky was uh, very thorough, very uh, organized, um, very uh, animated. Oh, I was gonna say, I know he's an intense dude. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Um, very, uh, very intense. Uh, very animated. Very. He was that, like I said, he, it was for him to be assistant coach or coach now. I think it's a great opportunity because not only did he have the respect of his peers, but you know the kids. He did, you know, Rocky had some obvious some things, and and the thing about Rocky is he persevered and overcame those, and he's become who he is right now because of hard work and dedication, and and honestly, it's it a Cinderella story uh, to see where he's come from. Um, yeah. And my hat is off to him, and I have the utmost respect for Rocky. Yeah, and he's having but, he's having great success there with the Wolves in Chicago. And I don't think it's going to be too long before he's in the NHL for sure as a head coach. Uh, absolutely, like I said, and he deserves it. Yeah, he he's put yep. time in. Yep. Well, so how so? Well, you 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 played in Norfolk, and then how did you end up with the Utah Grizzlies in the East Coast League? How did that all happen? Um. It was, again, uh, Virginia, or pardon me, uh, uh, Norfolk. Uh, I'm not really sure how it came about. Just Norfolk and Anaheim came calling, and then it was like, yeah, okay, I'll go play. And then kind of went from there, and they had such a high salary cap. Um, they kind of were like, uh, you know, and I was like, and at that time I was like, all right, I'm I'm done. So I went down there and played and and uh, ended up coaching the last ten games and in the playoffs. And I enjoy, I really enjoyed that aspect. Of it. And that's kind of where I learned, you know, the game within the game and how things, you know, were supposed, what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to do it, and, and uh, uh, <clears throat> kind of go from there. Well, I was going to ask you. You had a young kid on the, down in Utah with your one of them tough maritime boys, Alex Gallant. How were your feelings on Alex? Oh, uh, I I loved Alex. He was a great kid. Um, 
you know, it, it was to watch him play the game and play it the right way. Uh, you know, he played hard. He didn't have a whole lot of talent, but he just he gave her every chance he could and did the best he could with what he had. And, and because of that, he's you know, he's been doing really well. Uh, did you see a lot of your? Did you see a lot of yourself in him? Uh, like at that age of twenty one, and kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Though, like just kind of, what oh, he, yeah. what he has to go through, and you know, as you're going out, he's coming in. Did you? Yeah. I imagine you worked a lot with him. I did, um, you know, different things, and I kind of give him little tidbits that I tried, and and just tried to help him out as best I could. Well, he's, you yeah. know, I knew there was, I knew there was big things. I knew his brother, yeah, um, did well, and. And Alex, like I said, he's just a little itty bitty guy, but I mean, he's freaking—he's like Mighty Mouse. Oh, them glands—they uh, they got dynamite in their hands. Uh, yeah, that's a fact. I mean, they're—they're they're not big guys, but man, I'll tell you what—they hit you. It's like, and I mean, it, they'll hit you. They hit you, and it's—it's it's gonna hurt. And they're gonna hit you about four or five times before they you figure out you get hit. So, but yeah. uh, anyway. Well, well, there we go. I mean, that was the the, the journey of Steve McIntyre. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you, and it, it, it um, and, and I remember, I remember actually having this conversation with Kurt about it, and I've talked about it on a number of podcasts, and I just wanted to get your feeling on it um, before you go. It, just in terms of your playing, and like I said, what I was saying earlier, uh, a pissed off McIntyre is a scary McIntyre. Um, yeah. and I don't, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way or anything, but do you, I've always said, I always thought you were, you, uh, were you more reactionary than, yeah. like you should have been more proactive. Do you ever feel like that, that you should have been more proactive in terms of going, looking for it? Yeah, maybe, but then I wouldn't be who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like. I never was a bully. I don't like bullies. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you're more of a reactionary. Well, yeah, you know what? I am more of a reactionary. Sometimes you got to go out there and be like, hey, is this going to continue? Uh, you know, Dave Semenko, because if it is, you know, we can handle it. I mean, I've done that. Yeah. And, yeah. But I don't, like I said, I never, ever went out there to hurt people. Uh, I think that's horseshit. And, you know, deliberately hurt people. Now, you can go out there and, you know, make sure you finish your check and, you know, oh, yeah. give a guy a little yeah. for shot or whatever. But yeah. to go out there and take a knee out or hurt people, I've never, ever, uh, never, ever been an advocate of that. I disagree with it. I don't think it's uh, being a good sportsman. Um, um, you know, it's just not the way, not the way I was raised. Yep. Well, it, um, well, one last one. So, in all your fights, everything else, looking back on it, um, I always gotta get. Oh, you gotta ask him. Ask it. Out of all the ones, like, what, what was kind of the hardest? Who, who? I don't want to say who hit you the hardest, but I mean, in all the ter- like, who had like just cinder blocks, and you're just like, ah, this isn't good. You know, <laughs> is there one guy that kind of stands out? Uh. <clears throat> uh, I mean, Eric Goddard hit me the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
I would think that's so, probably I would think that's probably a few people's answers would be Eric Goddard. Yeah. Eric Goddard hit me a couple times. I mean, they're, they're all there's a lot. There's you could probably list a few, eh? But um, well, it's like, uh, I mean, the list kind of goes on. They are everybody. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of guys that could, and uh, you know, it, it's just the way it is. Absolutely. I mean, you, know, you don't want to throw muffins. No. Well, you guys certainly didn't throw muffins. And uh, like I said, you were uh, as a, as a fan. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch. Especially, it was a unique experience having watching you as a as a teenager, really. And uh, like I said, friends, you know, played with my brother and knew you when you started out to to see you go all the way through. And it was, uh, you know, it was a fun. It was fun watching you. And I appreciate you taking the time today to. To sit down and talk, and uh, what, what, what's uh, well, tell everybody, hey, what's Steve McIntyre doing today? What are you? What, what's what's going on in your life? What, what are you doing? What am I doing now? Well, like in terms of job, where are you, and what's happening? I'm in Kernsville, North Carolina. I'm a full time firefighter right now. Yes. Well, that's excellent. You from uh, you know, for from uh, protected teammates to protected citizens now. So that's almost like a natural. There's so many guys that go into firefighting after. It's amazing. It is. It is, like I said, it's one of them sports um, that, uh, well, hockey is a sport that you rely on your teammates, and, and firefighting is no different. So, you know, it's, it's uh, um, you know, you're depending on, your life depends on each other. And, yep. uh, you know, it's a little bit more serious. But at the same time, you know, it's the same camaraderie. You're together with each other for 24 hours a day on shift, and uh, you're ultimately responsible for each other. So, Absolutely. you know, it's uh, I enjoy it. It's uh, I don't get rich doing it, but uh, I enjoy doing it. Well, that's great, man. That's uh, hey, everyone's everyone's running out. You guys are running in, so you guys are the real heroes for sure. You first responders, so. Uh... No, that's great, and uh, like I said, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. I really enjoyed it, and I know the listeners are going to really, the listeners are going to love this. They're, they're going to be really excited when they. Uh, I got Big Mac coming on, so. Uh, but like I said, I kept you long, so I'm not going to keep you any longer. But uh, thank you very much, man. Have a good night, and uh, and I appreciate yes, it. All right, talk to you later. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?